Is this a new beach house? <laughs> it's amazing to see in your own life and to read articles written on the community deserts. It's really these places no, and this no mindset where this. people are looking at their phone or they're looking at their shoes and they fail to connect with one another. Hopefully the space will ultimately be a catalyst in helping to build community in Seattle. My eyes are up here, The collective <laughs> is sort of a perfect opportunity for me to interact and yeah, meet with like-minded creatives eyes across are up here. mediums <laughs> and cultures and I wish everyone come was together looking at my shoes. and sort of celebrate life, I guess. I guess. Celebrating life. We needed a third place in our lives and we really wanted a place when somebody's out surfing in their lineup, there's that brotherhood or sisterhood. When somebody's in the mountains the and they're climbing and you're on the chairlift, there's that brotherhood or sisterhood. Dude, and that brotherhood. we found that when you got back to the city, people got swept up in the rat race. And there was just this hectic no brotherhood, nature to no sisterhood. <laughs> and we wanted a place for people to really... Work isn't like playing. You wanted to... Plug back in and get engaged. You wanted to overthrow our whole, like, like work yeah. yeah. Capitalist, uh, passion people. Hate your family and yeah. cool. hate work. We have a place for you. Have no family. Zero friends, zero family, no problem. High Tide is going to be a full restaurant and bar with a phenomenal platform for great live music and collaborative workspace. I get it. It's a bar. is a refuge from your city life. It'll have everything from a boutique bouldering gym, an artist in residence studio. Yeah, what does that mean? I think hands down, the thing I'm most excited about is being able to bring in a have somebody else bring their group of friends, add really cool events, and then see good ideas put into action. Cool. I think cool South I didn't care to submit any examples. Really, <laughs> really cool. No, I'm sold. I don't need examples. I want to give this man all my money right now. <laughs> but culturally, it hasn't been defined. Uh, you still have that uh, canvas to work with in, in a lot of ways that maybe some of the more established neighborhoods in the Seattle uh, already have their culture set. This is a, a place where mm. new people are showing up every day. If people use the collective as their vehicle, for meeting more interesting people in the city. Doing this is a cult, right? I, I mean, it just is a cult. It's definitely uh, step one. Yeah. 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 Hey, what's your story? This is Show just like... at a place where you don't we know everybody. Go. We should go. Yeah, we gotta go. We should record why you're going. We should actually get comp somehow. Like, somehow, we need like an official... Di like, we need a working title for the... Um, <laughs> for this podcast so we can tell people that oh, it's no. called. These guys hate Seattle, too. I mean, yeah, they're like, true. you got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stay. Yeah. It's a desert. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a desert city. <laughs> Welcome to the Oasis, the collective. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. Hi, Alex. Hi, Greg. <laughs> I'm joined here with... Greg, this is Greg, and this is Colin. Hola, this is John. All right, the usual gang all back together, hating Seattle again. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. Never felt better. Yeah, it's like I never left hating Seattle. Um, yeah. So uh, a quick little uh, self advertising uh, before we get started. Uh, check us out. Uh, we're on Twitter at Seattle Sucks Pod, and the website is of course Seattle sucks where you can listen to all our episodes um and subscribe on itunes and whatever podcast app you use uh so we were just uh kind of laughing at the latest ad for a little uh little club in seattle called the collective very <laughs> ominous and <laughs> it's really it is really dystopic <laughs> it just sounds like something out of like a young adult book or something but i think <laughs> in, the truth is it's way more banal yeah. What was that sex club cult that just got like? Uh, oh, the one, all the Hollywood. Yeah, that would have been a better name. Than Emperor that Elon Musk was. No, he was retweeting articles Shut that they wrote, like Navidium or something. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. better than the Collective, even. But Fidelio. <laughs> we got to start somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we should uh, raise our hands if you uh, hate Seattle, are lonely. And hate your home. And uh, all of check, us. Check, yeah. and everyone's check. Everyone's so hands are raised. We're all potential members. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Friendless, <laughs> relationshipless. But John, I'm I'm looking to meet cool people. Yeah. Is this for me? 
did you watch the video? Uh, yeah. It, do you do you need an urban base camp in your life? <laughs> I think this is real. well. The, I think you're a poor pitch man for this. I preferred the woman in the video. Basically, the baseline for cool is: Do you have a hundred dollars a month that you're willing to spend on a boutique rock climbing? Gym, and if so, oh, you're pretty fucking this, cool. I get them. I'm in. Although I feel like that's just step one. I think it's a lot of pay to play once you get in the collective. But, <laughs> oh yeah, and we should say this. Uh, this whole one of the reasons that we're riffing on this is because this totally fits into our theme of Seattle being a freemium city, where um, you know, easy to get into, but if you want to hang out with cool, like-minded people and be creative and shit, uh, get prepared to pay up. It's going to cost you. Uh, anyway, with that said, let's dig into the latest uh, think piece from from Seattle Times. All right, so how many Pulitzers are on the map? <clears throat> this is an uh, unpaid advertisement from the Seattle Times. This is what this oh is. God, yeah. This, this is actually their forte. Like, yeah, just oh, totally just a sales pitch for whatever the sort of money tech bro world has come up with next. Yeah. Um, so the title is. Joining the Collective, a new take on a private club meant to defrost the Seattle freeze. And there's this picture of this guy wearing a trucker hat, at least it looks like a trucker hat, with his hands behind his head on a giant hammock like a little baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so High Tide, one of the newest restaurants in Seattle's Amazonia, is ready and waiting. It's upscale in a familiar, urbane way. Suede banquettes and a polished concrete floor, huge windows and crystal clear sphere light fixtures with shiny black subway tile as a tiny twist on the currently ubiquitous white ones. A very tiny twist. This sounds basic as fuck. Man, someone's really doing some writing here. Uh, The menu hues to the latest rethinking of the restaurant as an all-day, have-it-your-way affair, including the requisite PNW cheese plus charcuterie, grain bowl, hand-ground burger, grilled daily fish, and steak frites. The bar, with lots more comfy seating, boasts a beer nerd's dream of a tap list via special arrangement with all-star local craft breweries, including Holy Mountain and Urban Family. Okay, so, so far I get it. It's a restaurant. Yeah, that sounds like a restaurant. Sounds like your usual, uh, yeah, latest Seattle restaurant to open. Yeah. Boring. Go on. Okay, well, the space at high tide flows effortlessly, all open air, from the suitable for impressing a client dining area to the flat screen showing sports bar zone to a capacious lounge reminiscent of a higher-end chain hotel lobby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the wordiest article I've ever read. Also, is that the New York Seattle uh, Times. Do you want to hang out? In an upscale hotel lobby? No. That is the last place in the world I want to be sitting around is an upscale hotel lobby. Yeah, that's totally fair. Here, you can eat, drink, hang out, have coffee, work, play ping pong on a glossy table designed by a local artist. (laughs) You can work. (laughs) You can work here. Et cetera. So you can fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do in such an... Al Courant, third place space. I think I'm not smart enough to read this article, actually. Yeah, there's French in it. Yeah. Um, okay, she's describing, okay, okay, a restaurant, but also this the famous and very real, and some in some ways cool, Seattle coffee shop scene. It's a real thing. Um, not every city has it. You can do this everywhere in the city. You can go and basically what people use it for is, again, to work. But um, that exists, so. Yeah, well, unfortunately, she says, except you can't, not unless you're a member. High Tide is part of South Lake Union's brand new private club called The Collective. And membership has its privileges. There's the High Tide space, about 8,000 square feet as described above, along with both standing and sitting work spots, productivity rocks, in quotes. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? Productivity. I don't know. <laughs> is that they when you throw do rocks at you? No, no, no. That's when you do. Uh, that's when you do a bump of oh, speed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But 
But it's not yeah. a bump, it's rocks. You gotta put that in a pipe and smoke it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This farmed table cocaine. Hand, handcrafted. Uh, just real quick, I got a productivity I'm rock. I gotta, smoke. I gotta I gotta go <laughs> Oh wait. Rip off a well, productivity rock. Well, they're explained here. They're for indicating whether you'd like service or prefer no interruptions. So they're like the uh, indicators at a Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> Retro looking outlets galore for device charging. Great. That's the Wait, wonderful. They have plugs? Yeah, you can they, use electricity they're, there. They're retro looking. And curtain alcoves for listening to or making music. Oh, that's oh. like <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, can you imagine okay. trying to like productivity oh, rock or whatever? Or maybe that's what a productivity rock is. Is like that asshole next to you trying to record an album while no, you're trying to work. That's the like, genre that he's producing. It's yeah. called productivity, <laughs> productivity rock. rock. It's 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 music that's mixed in coffee shops and restaurants. Also, if like I was looking on Yelp for a bar to go to, if there was a filter for places where DJs are like working out their next track, even. <laughs> In their headphones, and I could just clear that off the slate. I, w- I absolutely would. Then there's Alpenglow, located on the other side of the lobby's freestanding cafe, approximately 7,000 square feet of much, much more. Mm-hmm. Here, members of the collective can write their name on a rock and <laughs> add it to a member's rock pile. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What? what? Why? That sounds like some weird metaphor about how life is meaningless and yeah, you're just going to be thrown also, into... you know, you claim this article is so wordy, but she didn't even call it a cairn. Well, she's not talking about food anymore, Wait, so I think she's bored. Isn't there a story about this where like they everyone has their their name on a rock, and then once a year they choose a rock and they beat the person to death? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the lottery that Jeff yeah, the, Bezos has been winning recently. Yeah, yeah, right? that's the lottery. <laughs> it's the other lottery. <laughs> it's the Hunger Games. Check it out, the original lottery. Pretty fucking baller. <laughs> okay, so, uh, the, so after you've thrown your rock into the pile, then you can play the game cornhole. Or gaze into the artist in residence's aquarium style studio. Alpen they glows. have an artist in residence in a bubble. The game Cornhole? <laughs> this is the revolution of the collective? Well, the video I guess is very misleading. She had to uh, make sure you understood she wasn't talking about any kind of sex act. <laughs> is the collective just a frat? Like, have they just rebranded? And You know what, Holy though? Shit. It is new. They're trying out all this shit. They've got cornhole yeah. in a rock wall. In a, give and it a burners. few months, it's just going to be <laughs> beer pong. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to evolve. To, that's the only thing that'll sell down that there. That and toga parties. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Or it's going to be 15,000 square feet of open floor plan office space for Amazon or something. Yeah, that too, probably. <clears throat> okay, so Alpenglow's seating options include reclining with Pendleton blankets and or... Gibson guitars in the indoor campfire circle, in quotes. Oh my god. Wait, back up. Did you you skip the part where the rocks are branded also? I, do, do they have a brand name, the rocks? So everyone gets a guitar? Uh sure. <laughs> Sounds awful. Well, you gotta be making music, right? I guess. <laughs> no, but there's nothing more annoying than the guy who's playing guitar like a little too much, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I get it." Like, yeah, I don't need now. To there's to a your, whole like, bar for that, so that's just part of the game. For the pr- there's a hundred dollar a month cover. Yeah, if I want to hear somebody play guitar, I'll just go to a guitar center and then want to kill myself yeah, so, afterwards. God, it's amazing what they're combining here. Like, y'all want to hear satellite again? Well, this right. is, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm just gonna sit there the whole time. Like, All right, got any requests from anybody? All right, fine. Play more Dave Matthews then. That would be funny. We should join. Just to be the most obnoxious members, dude. But we would become the most popular people yeah. there, and like it would be like this, like a me- weird mirror, and we'd be like, "Wow, what we hate is actually what everyone loves." <laughs> it's like, put a rock on the top of the pile. He fucking rules. <laughs> oh man, what if? Oh man, I, like the next big like Seattle band is gonna is gonna meet. At Collective. There won't be a next big Seattle band. Oh, good but, point. Uh, this so far sounds like a commercial for Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. good times with friends. Yeah. 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 Anyway, okay. So you can hang in a cushioned egg-shaped basket chair or sprawling on the massive hammock that is the technology-free zone. 
There are also couches and ottomans and cushions that look like big granite rocks and a vintage, vintage ski resort lift chair. Those not inclined to lounge may climb in the boutique bouldering gym. Should the member work up a sweat, private showers with embedded speakers to plug music into await with gender-neutral bathrooms across the way. Ooh, that sounds sexy. They've thought of everything. <laughs> Fuck these people. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm just jealous. At first I was like condescending. I was like, whatever, these, these assholes. Now I'm like, motherfuckers. Gender neutral showers Whatever. playing in their fucking <laughs> DJ Tiesto. <laughs> Alex, as a tech pro, you <sighs> you could you could join and for real. And yeah, but I gotta like climb rocks and shit. Fuck that. No, it's your choice. You can just sit around and play play a Gibson guitar by the fire. I'm gonna get really good at guitar. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just live there? <laughs> You're just like I'm gonna stay here for like a week. Well, that's the funny thing. I was looking at their hours. They close at ten. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every Are you fucking thing me? in Seattle does not stay open past 10. So it's so, a big youth group. Yeah, have fun at the bar. Oh, wait, it's 9 p.m. Uh, bar time closing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, I'm just here with my friends. We're like really gonna have a great time. And oh, oh last okay, call. We'll no, it's nine thirty. I guess we'll go uh, to the whole CIS is on. Yeah. You call. can still see the sun in the north and the west, but we're closing now. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, that's insane. Okay, awesome. The collective's website describes it as an urban clubhouse for the mind, body, plus soul, young life. <laughs> yeah. A place where locals can craft a home and community based on common interests and shared ventures. The verbiage is plentiful, not unlike this piece. The space acts as both a base camp and a launch pad to foster interaction and meet the dynamic needs of the collective's members and their endeavors. Wait, is okay, this, is this article, has your brain you shut off the press yet? Release? This, is, this is an I'm, ad. This, this is, is straight a, up this a press release. This is the art. That, that sounds like a bullshit like marketing student press release. Like, so both a base camp and a launch pad. Ah, uh, you can't. Uh, and it's very dynamic. <laughs> no, that's that's gonna be the secret to Blue Origins. Like you've got to launch rockets from the tops from of the mountains. Base camp, <laughs> launch pad. <laughs> Nonsense. Okay. Nonsense. I'm sorry. I thought I was at the at the launch pad, but I'm <laughs> yeah. at the base camp. I'm confused. I need to make it to the launch pad. <laughs> I'm just here for the showers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sh- it's a base pad, launch pad, oh, and a shower, gender neutral shower spot. <laughs> It generates a palpable energy that sparks creativity and drives positive member experiences. Oh, this is an ad. This is an advertisement. What the fuck? Well, she, in her, sort of in her defense, almost everything I've read has been in quotes because she's just lifting it from their website, I guess. Oh, okay. Oh, well, so then it is, is literally an ad. <laughs> yeah, but it's in the piece. So, okay. okay. <clears throat> activities Maybe she didn't want to spend the hundred dollars to actually go. <laughs> oh, we find she out. has to take their word for it. Okay, activities are strategically planned to generate dialogue and encourage informal and enjoyable interactions. So a the, lot of the silence pods, <laughs> the um, giving everyone guitars. <laughs> yeah, it sounds totally cool. Yeah, there's some sort. That's all gonna. It's gonna be a hundred percent beer pog in, in about a month. <laughs> the plugins every five feet get on your phone. <laughs> Tripping over charger. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. I think there's gonna be a lot of blonde, tan, like vaguely handsome-looking men asking you if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> Just reading my copy of C.S. Lewis's uh, on Christianity. The screw tape letters, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a solemn high production video decries community deserts and extols the virtues of the collective's intentions, which include defining the still developing culture of South Lake Union. If you listen carefully, it sounds like high concept, aspirational code for a very simple offering, the thawing of the infamous Seattle freeze. Well, that's her like dumb sort of take take on on this thing, but that's... It's simpler than that. It is, they're trying, well, well, or I guess what they're trying to say is that they want it to be a place for a new kind of 21st century community. But the thing is, I mean, I think that does actually address a need. It doesn't, or 
that is a need that needs to be addressed. I don't think this place will do that. But um, uh, but we are losing community. I mean, it happens in a lot of ways. I mean, gentrification is a major one, but that, and that's nothing new. Uh, you want to talk about a community desert, like the I-5 was plowed through all the poorest and, whenever possible, blackest neighborhoods in this city. And, you know, that's the same everywhere in America and, like... We've, we're decimating our communities in any any way we can think of. Uh, yeah. Whether it's just real estate development, or um, you know, uh, retail being going under in yeah. communities by you know because of Walmart or Amazon or whatever. Like that's a real need. I don't think this really addresses that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I guess one thing I would say, sort of to your point, is and to a joke I made earlier, what sane person wants to go live in a beer commercial, really? Like, I'm, this sounds like hell on earth to me. Yeah, it does. It, it does sound fucking... I mean, it's a bar. It's like, I get that. But it's like, there's no shortage of that. Yeah. What they're saying, I think, because it is a membership thing, it's like, well, it's, you know, it's like any membership. It's like, well, once you pay, if you're paying that, then you choose to go there rather than somewhere else. Sure. But what the, their pitch on that is, like any loyalty program or membership is, well, because of that... There will be at the same people there all the time. So that you'll go, it'll be your local. But the thing is, you know, if we weren't breaking communities in so many new and exciting ways, you can get that at any bar. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That, Although that's just showing up to your local rando <clears throat> bar to, for community is pretty <laughs> sad and fucking pathetic. So Not a great strategy. Yeah. Speak, speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, you, uh, you can just join a kickball team. It's not that hard, you know, right? Yeah. Like, you don't need the collective to meet people. <laughs> well, there's more, right? Well, but the the video from the collective was all about the third third place. So not your home or work. It's like new. But actually hearing a description of it is like, this is just a place to go work. Like, yeah. you, just, you just need a break from the cube. It, you know, even though it's this, like every other fucking bar in South Lake Union polished concrete floors (laughs) i love that too that i love like all like all the decor of the 21st century it's like it is like lipstick on a pig you know it's like um everything in this sort of aesthetic of our times is a way to make like the cheapest possible construction and decoration like be trendy and so it's like corrugated tin and concrete uh, is like what's in right now and everything's made of two by fours <laughs> um just nailed together yeah that's uh that's what's hip right now um yeah yeah so i have read some good news so as we discussed already it's a hundred dollars a month uh-huh. with a hundred dollar joining fee Whoa. But you can bring in five guests. Whoa. So if we didn't want to go, we just, we need, one. just need one yeah. and one of us to draw the short straw. Yeah. We could, you know, make make a, a collection, put one person's name down. We could even bring two friends, you know. There's only four of us. So. Yeah. Maybe a listener out there. Yeah. Oh, then we can make that a contest. Jenny, if you're listening, <laughs> will you join us, please? Basically, the only two people that listen to this podcast are Jenny Durkin and Sally Bags. <laughs> <laughs> only in their, their hate listening. <laughs> All right. So I, I got to read this one. Staff set a clubhouse tone. Everyone's nearly eerily nice. And you'll never feel alone by yourself at the high tide bar where the bartender's friendly, low key banter cross pollinates into actual patron interaction. What? This just took a turn, though. Now yeah. it's this is just for very lonely people, <laughs> and well, so like, it doesn't sound fun at all. No, for, it sounds like, like you're me. describing what like a local pub is, was in some other time period. But also, if the staff is putting through that vibe, like if that's at all true, which I mean, this is a incredible puff piece, but like you can imagine that falling away and it just be, being. You know, in a few other weeks, Seattle it's a bar. job, and yeah. you're a customer, and this is a bar. You know, it's like you can't keep that shit up if it's not a real thing. If it's not actually like a local neighborhood pub where the bartender uh, lives next door, and these are your neighbors. You know that we don't have yeah. that in America anymore because everyone, no one lives next to where they work or anything, and um, these bartenders are 
making you know dramatically less money than the members of this club i'm overall i'm guessing but yeah um well, yeah. I like how she says everyone's eerily nice, and it's like I'm sure they're just being pleasant to you. Yeah, I don't know that, if it's. I, I like, feel I bad mean, for the bartenders. Yeah. They're gonna get absolute psychopaths that read this <laughs> and come in there like looking for their best friend, and they're gonna have to like oh, pretend, man. You know, yeah. Or what they're gonna get is a is like a clientele of tech bros who are like, I'm I'm paying a hundred dollars a month for this. Like this is a club. I have I feel ownership here, so I, now. I'm kind of your boss. Yeah. More than even like the uh, the terrifying like American ethos of the customer is always right. But like take that to the next level yeah. of like the Mar-a-Lago the- experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Mar-a-Lago sounds way more fun. Yeah. This is not even. I wouldn't even care to Don't just be spurged. Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I've touched a nerve. Apparently, <laughs> that would be a great name for a bar, though, in in Seattle to open like a like a palm tree like bar called Mar a Lago. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, and then get sued immediately. Yeah, like a trademark. Yeah, you'd be famous. The burgers are so good. This is the best part. Okay. Oh god. This Jesus is the best Christ. part. The food review is really fucking telling. Go on. Someone you don't know at all might say to you, "That was a hypothetical. That this is her imagining." What, what it would be like. You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, first of all, that's, she starts out, the burgers are so good. Is it, I don't know if, I don't think this is just a Seattle thing. Maybe it is. I think it's an American thing. I don't know how many fucking times I've heard that the burger at some place is incredible. There should be some kind of like inflation on that, okay? Because like everywhere has great fucking yeah, burgers. Yeah. Why? Because it's a burger. We live in a, a culture whose like culinary peak is a fucking ground beef sandwich. Because we all want to be six years old again. Oh, That's God. what everyone's deepest like desire is. I like burgers just fine, but I'm not impressed by a fucking incredible <laughs> burger. It's a ground beef sandwich. Go on, please. All right, so. Uh... Meanwhile, people who would have traditionally been called the management team have titles like experience ambassador, roam the collective, making engaging look effortless. This is an escort club. <laughs> this is what I, what I imagine a brothel to be like. <laughs> um, they're still figuring out how people are using the space. The preternaturally amiable experience ambassador, Chris Wentland, told me one evening before chatting with others sitting at the bar, then helping set up for a spirited session of food trivia in the high tide space. Okay, so they're still working on it. So, so this is a lot of staff. Bar trivia for. is their revolutionary <laughs> idea. Steak foods and bar geeks trivia. Geeks who drink. Are... We've got geeks who drink. Well, they're, covering, <laughs> they're covering the mind section of their mind, body, soul mission. Oh, and the mind part is uh, trivia. <laughs> Are, wait, Alex, did you join the our, collective while I was reading this article? But guys, partnership. it's not like they have a med, like meditation. No, it's not. Oh, wait. <laughs> Events at the collective include the likes of yoga for climbing. Wait, what? Yoga for climbing? Well, they're not using the bouldering space. So we have to like, dress it up a little bit. You can't bit. just yoga for anything. You have to tailor it. It's got to be boutique yoga. Oh, my God. We truly live in hell. Okay. Winery and farm dinners. Classes on terrarium making. Uh, <laughs> bring the kids. Okay, now it's a cruise ship. It just <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that it's is like what little, it is. Little classes for you to take during the day. You know, they're you know the experience ambassador is gonna you're gonna be like trying to just have your delicious burger and a beer, and they're gonna be like, come no, you gotta come over and join yeah. us. It's gonna be like a cruise. Yeah, it's David like, Foster Wallace, <laughs> a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again. Oh, exactly what it is. God. <clears throat> Meditation plus tea tasting. Live music, and not just by your uh, fellow members, I'm guessing. <laughs> a discussion hosted by the League of Women Voters on talking local civics to get a better understanding of Seattle's politics. So hip. Yeah. So hip. They've got their finger on the pulse. If you hang in one of the woven basket egg chairs ensconced among soft woolen pillows prior to the monthly-ish podcast of Dent Live, 
which comes from a community of entrepreneurs, technologists, executives, investors, vampires, (laughs) (laughs) and creatives who are driven to put a dent in the universe, aka skull fuck you until you're dead, it becomes clear that there's more to the event than the event, namely networking. There you go. Uh, Uh, Bingo. You're paying for access. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you paid makes it a better networking thing this it's yeah. just weeds it's out a the barrier chaff, yeah you know? that's yeah. that's all it is over overheard my nonprofit is kind of morphing a lot and i want to incubate for some for-profits oh <laughs> i think i have this your... is the cultural desert oh it's yeah in yeah here. it's yeah, hell no shit. i think i have your contact info from before <laughs> are you microsoft yeah are you a member Okay, so it is everything we thought it would be. Yeah, it sounds That's, like the opposite of what it's telling us it is, right? Yes. It's yeah. a vampire-ish uh, networking circle full of weird men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't it's mention this, but I'm guessing she was literally the only non-employee like woman in the place when she went yeah. there. Yeah, I do really want to go now, though. Yeah, no, I think... For five minutes to be like, it's exactly what I thought. And yeah. Then I think it would be like that. We'd walk in and then go, okay, and we'd walk. We should okay, <laughs> totally <laughs> silent. No, this Everyone would the be in their little and cubes, and then you'd hear like one guy plucking a guitar <laughs> string, and you'd just slowly back out and be like, I've seen enough. She says, as of June 4th, six weeks in, the collective counted 845 souls. Oh, wait, did I say souls? I meant members. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bodies. Because it's a plane crash, <laughs> am I right? The list will be cut off at 2,000 to 3,000 total. They don't want the club to feel crowded. Uh, okay. What they want, right, is for, like, a limited number of people to be there all the time, and thus it's a community, because I see the same faces. Really, it is going to be like a a gym where a bunch of people buy a membership and never go, and <laughs> they're going to keep... They'd say, oh, we don't know what the number is, but they'll they'll say, oh, yeah, we, it's only three... They'll sell it to, like, 10,000 people who never show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and never develop that community because people come there twice a year. So for the, the gender neutral showers are always full. <laughs> <laughs> Just like at the gym. Of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, don't misgender them. We don't know their gender. Um, they don't. Okay, so. <laughs> I would like to know a gender breakdown. Sign up. <laughs> yeah. Like 90% men. That they don't provide, but uh, we can read between the lines. Okay, so finally we get to the food. She's saving the best for last. This is the best part of the whole So thing. how's the food at High Tide? It's pretty good. Oh, okay. And notably pretty. Oh, To be right. Insta-worthy. Jeff, did you hear that, buddy? Insta-worthy. Get out there, buddy. Take some pictures of your food. As the website promises. A oh, big... she's just quoting for the website. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> A big pile of crab nachos, $16 was served on stab cast iron. They suffered from rather hard blue corn chips and crab getting lost in the mix. So so they weren't that good then, what she's saying? Yes. Well, wait, hold on. She's doing the film critic thing where she's going to now say something nice. This whole thing, we just keep going, but it is basically a Marvel movie review. She's like, oh, this food's really good, and then lists why it's bad, but then tags (laughs) it at the end with like, oh, but I liked it. Yeah, that's where we're going with this next part. But... We're nice and gooey with lots of cheese and bechamel. Okay, so I guess they're okay. If the seafood escabeche tasted on the bitter side, the architectural stack of avocado chips and peppery sprouts on top was gorgeous. A big hamburger, $14, unburdened by vegetation. So, so wait, I didn't like the taste, but it, it looked lo- great. It was insta worthy. It looked great. It's not even a good restaurant. All this is is a restaurant, and it's not even that good. Go on. Uh, Okay, so unburdened by vegetation in favor of bacon and Beecher's flagship cheese was cooked perfectly, rosily medium rare, and came with a tin measuring cup of slightly too salty fries. Oh, so the the burger was so good, but they couldn't even do fries right. (laughs) Nope. Beignets, $9, were dense, more like cake donut holes. And cinnamon, cinnamony instead of under a snow of powdered sugar, but still pretty. So they're like donut holes from from Safeway. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's all definitely good, 
and good looking enough for a client lunch. Definitely good. Which seems to be a prime way members are using the space. And if the clients happen to be on the old school side, a member could impress them by letting them know that the collective's executive chef, Juan Garcia, comes from the kitchen at the Columbia Tower Club. I know we should go. We should do a live show from there, um, and we should uh, we should hang out there all the time. I don't know. It doesn't sound that bad. God damn it, Alex! <laughs> you signed up, didn't Alex? you? So yeah, I think uh, counter to what the collective believes about Seattle being a desert city <laughs> of just a void of any culture where people just mumble uh, and shake to themselves <laughs> while they clutch their cell phones. It's actually a, a flourishing, beautiful city where like-minded people do go uh, you know, from, from point A to point B and they recycle and throw their garbage away uh, and, and compost. And that's sort of... Uh, <laughs> what I want to talk about. <laughs> um, but I guess one of the things that I think is hilarious about Seattle is we, we love to, we love to do the good liberal thing, right? Like we're a liberal capital L and even if it really doesn't make a lot of sense or actually doesn't do anything, um, if, if we all do it and we, we think we're doing a good job, then it's like a fucking party. Uh, and we love the minor inconveniences. Like a minor in Yeah, definitely. And and that's what like composting is in the whole just garbage culture of Seattle, which is being very mindful of how you throw things away. Um that I think is hilarious. And I think that so to give some context about the whole composting rule that we have now, is everyone in Seattle is required to compost. And um, back when they originally passed this ordinance, it was this hilarious sort of enforcement policy where you were supposed to compost and the garbage men, they had special garbage trucks. It was the lawn garbage trucks, when they would like lawn trimmings and stuff like that. They would come around and they would knife open all your garbage <laughs> bags to check for... Homeless people, right? <laughs> children. Uh, <laughs> no, to check, to make sure that you were, in fact, following the rules, the rules that we passed. And, and the big rule was that you, you had a separate garbage can for, for your food trimmings and everything like that. And the funniest thing about this is that it doesn't really matter where you put your compost because it's going to biodegrade naturally anyway, right? So if it went to a giant garbage heap somewhere, it would just naturally degrade as biodegradable things do. But the whole idea was to uh, collect it, process it, and then sell it to the community or something like that. Where, where yeah. does it like go? Fertilizer. Goes, it turns it goes into uh, topsoil or something? I think it goes eastern Washington. It gets processed and then shipped back to Seattle, I suppose, because yeah. they use it to, for all the gardens and the parks, right? I think it's right? the Cedar Grove brand or something. You can go buy... That I think they great. get the gas too to like make power or something. Methane know. gas, yeah, yeah that, that's a very common thing with compost to harvest the yeah. methane. But what I think is funny is I, I really do think that like people that are really into composting and the whole making sure that you're washing all your recyclables and following all the rules are, aren't really people that are uh, environmentally you know conscious. Like they don't really they don't really give a shit about you know clean air or the Puget Sound really at all mainly they just really like to follow rules <laughs> and okay. it's really fun to have rules and to follow those rules and then also to look down on people that don't yeah. follow the rules oh, there that's, you go. that's it right and, there you're describing Seattle yeah. and you're better than them basically yes, because on. they don't follow the rules and you do even when the rules are completely ridiculous and, and require you to like obsessively clean your garbage and sort things out like you would need to have yeah. some sort of like OCD or something like that to actually not violate any of the rules but this is the best part of our system so like as soon as you step foot outside of King County, you do not see a compost bin oh, no. anywhere, right? So here we have trash, recycling, compost, but the categories are like incredibly opaque and confusing. I have a picture at my house that <laughs> Seattle Public Utilities sends of like what goes what, and every day I look at it, I'm like, 
where the fuck does this thing go? I have no idea. I'll just guess, right? Well, you're probably okay. like right on some level, but then wrong technically <laughs> because it's coated with plastic. <laughs> right. And then therefore goes in the recycling. And you're like, God, you can't win. Yeah, you can't know. win. Well, technically right is the best kind of right. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. I find I've never been confused, um, though I, I have had roommates who were. I mean, you can't recycle <laughs> a greasy pizza box. Coffee you know? cup. Do, is it paper? Uh, yeah. Then it's then you could compost it. You no, could. No, trash. See? This is... This is <laughs> oh, Because oh, 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 it, it has some plastic, plastic bullshit lining. in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, the, how would you know that? <laughs> yeah, that's why it's all... It's a waste No, but this has... <laughs> this has corn lining, so it is compostable. Oh, then Seattle has all compostable... Uh, Utensils at, yeah. at restaurants now, yeah. or they're supposed to, but only half of them do. Yeah. So I'll get like a delivery, and I'm like, "Is this the biodegradable <laughs> silverware or the plastic silverware they had left see, over?" I I'm I'm for that. I the idea. I think the the real problem is on a production level. It's that we make a bunch of disposable things out of plastic, which is yeah. you know causing all. Every manner of pollution you can imagine. Um, so yeah, like creating, replacing that so some of that stuff with stuff that biodegrades is great. But yeah, it would do that in a landfill just fine. <laughs> so uh, great, love the compostable silverware. Don't care where it ends up. And the funny thing is, is like I think back to before we had composting rules, and like in an urban, large urban environment, the only people composting were just fucking weirdos basically <laughs> like yeah. like the smell of their own garbage or something <laughs> right. uh or you know we're like just these kind of like off kilter people like oh whatever you're, you're kind of a weird dude yeah, you, you compost and now it's all of us we're yeah. all weirdos now like locked into this weird culture hey man, that's democracy the weirdness has been imposed on all of us and on some level uh i'm i'm okay with that as a as a <laughs> as a way of to distribute right. power in society. Do you actually compost, Greg? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. <laughs> but it, this, like, the solution, right, is make everything compostable or whatever and take it out. Because when you cross-contaminate, it ruins everything. And so throughout Seattle, we have people throwing the wrong shit in their recycling or the wrong shit in a compost. And then... That's just going to the landfill. We just need to educate people, John. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's another thing, too. Like, you you shouldn't have to, like... It shouldn't take you more than a fraction of a second to know if something is compostable or not. Instead, it's just this debate, like, well, shit. No, right. Like, you look at it from... Listen. You kind of try to find a symbol, maybe, that says it's compostable. <laughs> but everything has the recycle arrows, oh, and you're like... But listen, then it's I category have three I have a code. I follow my own code. Now, if that isn't the right answer... By the law or the rules, well, that's what it is. But I at least follow a code. And that code says that the best way to get rid of uh, biodegradable stuff is to throw in a landfill. The best way to recycle glass is to throw it in the ocean, where it will be without any energy, any fossil fuels burned, any uh, work from man, any sorting will be turned back Return into sand, which will then be can be turned into glass. So um, I like how you're Seattle. like you're like the Anton Sugar of, of recycling. <laughs> you, know, you, you have a code that you flip the coin and you call it. Yeah, man. Call it heads. Oh. Cycle. Seattle sucks tip. Yeah. If you want to uh, do the most environmentally sound way of recycling glass bottles. Just throw them in. This the is ocean. not endorsed by all members <laughs> of the Seattle the Sucks podcast. Do not do that. It'll <laughs> yeah. wash back on shore and it'll cut my no, feet yeah, when I'm trying to walk glass, around. As you can, if you can yeah, collect it as beach it glass first to help it, you know, <laughs> yeah. throw the shards into the. Yeah, no, it'll turn back into sand. You know, just sand. go to Golden Gardens. Do this to your heart's content. That's what's great. No, no, you gotta go out. Just throw it into the <laughs> sand directly. It's like no, go you gotta go offshore a bit. You can't just throw it on the beach. You gotta go offshore. Puget Sound. You get a few hundred yards off there it gets really deep really fast so you gotta go offshore Charter I, I happen to live on a boat so I should start oh, a so volunteering. I should start now but boat. the city yeah. takes it away so um, yeah no but but well, yeah. you don't have to you can go collect it yourself I could maybe I'll maybe I'll do that just a vigilante <laughs> glass and recycler people will think you're natural. running it's one of those natural. scams guys it's natural it's it's the it's nature's You've way of recycling You've got your Trump glass. hands up right now. We're not <laughs> buying it. Uh, I have another fun 
thing. So in downtown, right, there are public trash cans and they're that are green, and then there are recycling trash bins that are blue. I thought it was right? the opposite. Or whatever. I mean, uh, but then one day I saw the trash guy come and he, he emptied both of them into the trash truck. And you're like, oh yeah, no shit. A bunch of people are just throwing bullshit in the recycling. Why do we even do it? It's not, it's pointless. It's theater. It, well, it makes you feel good. And it then makes it just goes us feel, it makes a certain type of Seattle liberal feel good. Like we did it. We passed the laws. We went through a process. <laughs> We didn't. Here's the other. Yeah, we went through a which process. which we didn't do for the head tax. Remember that, <laughs> right? We went through a process, and we we did all we checked all the right boxes. We got all the stakeholders involved, and we passed a law, which on is stupid on two levels. First of all, it is theater, and it's meaningless because again, uh, you could recycle glass by throwing in the ocean and shit. <laughs> we bio, get it. We and get shit biodegrades <laughs> in landfills, and it's a fucking waste of time. What you need to do is attack things on the production side, which we're doing a little of too. But that's the thing—the things that are the only things that matter to to pollution. But also because it that leaves out um, the more important, like if you want to change society, you have to organize on a on a individual person level, and we haven't changed society in any particular way like say people are still throwing whatever the fuck they want in those those recycling but cans. that's the whole thing people yeah. are just going to be people like you can't yeah. turn everyone into a perfect so robot yeah. of like yeah you do everything correct according to what i think is correct and it's just sort of like we need to let go of that and just yeah. be like let people if you want to compost by all means you should compost if you don't want to then that's fine it's not going to make a big difference right well, here's the thing i think it's like it's this there's a weird Seattle like liberal stronghold phenomenon happening here where generally nationwide uh, we have and we have this with a lot of things but the environmental movement is a perfect example where the political push has largely been about over our lifetimes you know been about encouraging people to make individual choices that are better for the environment whether that's recycling composting using more efficient light bulbs taking shorter showers whatever all these things it's about encouraging individual action uh, that, you know, basically saying you can vote with your dollar to save the world. This is bullshit. Um, it's absolutely untrue. Nothing you can do as an individual will make any difference. We Unless need- you stop eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's really the only thing. It yeah. really takes um, a, a social... Uh, Engagement. It takes a full society changing something to um, make a difference to to stave off global warming. We're gonna have to have the entire globe change it all industry. Okay, so you can't affect that as an individual. This is the example. So that's been the push nationwide, you know, culture wide for over our lifetimes. What's weird is in a liberal like do gooder stronghold like Seattle, we've taken that bad stupid bullshit message of individual action and collectivized it to everybody so in a way it's like we we want to do the right thing by taking large collective action by actually changing the law by making people change the way our society works but we're only doing it on the it's like we listened to this big national voice and said oh this is the little bullshit that matters and then we made everybody pretend to do that little bullshit and that's a that is like a weird liberal stronghold phenomenon that's a good point because i wonder what the same liberals would think if you just started enacting large-scale action like that do you think there would be a pushback like like the head tax i know we talk about that a lot but that's a good example right like um you know, instituting attacks on some a specific you know range of companies gets huge pushback, even from ostensibly liberal people, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but but if we had a thing where like you know every individual person gets a democracy voucher, where then they fill out paperwork and follow more rules, and when the rules are followed, that money goes back to a certain uh, you know disadvantaged portion it goes of the population. Into an escrow and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like but you know I I have the feeling that people would like or rather would enjoy opting for the second one versus like you said like actual large scale mandated change because i don't give a shit what my stuff is made of 
in composting and everything like you could just ban all plastic items and not tell me and i would just it wouldn't change my day at all yeah but what changes my day now is like having to you know you know drudge up my sink for all the weird scraps <laughs> of old food and make sure they go in the right place and then you better not miss that pickup date no, my friend like oh sales. my god if you, dude if you are out of town on a monday oh, yeah. you like your apartment is gonna smell like a fucking like a mortuary it's gonna be like there's gonna be flies everywhere there's like a well, raccoon that's why will be on the kitchen floor you, you ants your, everywhere you, you have a counter compost bin like one of those little ones uh, formaldehyde monster, no. alex formaldehyde you when you put Spray in a banana it. peel when you put in that steak bone just a few drops of formaldehyde a few squirts yeah. from the formaldehyde bottle no to give seattle credit though we do we have passed a couple of production side laws that uh it's so plastic bags the plastic grocery bags those are actually those are banned out of town um so those are banned see that is an actual that's a production level thing that those are just an absolutely disposable plastic that is used once and it's absolutely an awful polluter that's great that's a production level thing um Getting rid of also, yeah, the plastic um, to-go containers and, and styrofoam, styrofoam yeah. stuff. Um, that's a production level thing. That's good. I don't want to criticize that because, I mean, that's good. I think, yeah, that stuff can end up in a landfill and it will turn into compost and then you can build a park on it. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, credit, a little bit of credit where credit is due. But a good, a good coda to the compost conversation is uh, this dude sued saying you can't actually look in my trash or my compost that's a violation <laughs> constitutional right to privacy violation fourth, I don't fourth know, amendment i don't know what he was arguing but uh he yeah. won <laughs> so the, the city awesome. can't actually look into your trash to see if you're following the rules so it's totally voluntary compliance at this point do what you want you know <laughs> okay. well that's interesting. so um that is well, that's good to know that um, I won't be fined for this. <laughs> Don't even um, worry about it. <laughs> what I'm doing for my glass um, overboard policy. Actually, that probably breaks some other laws. Well, that was a nice little roundtable on uh, some of the ridiculousness of everyday Seattle life. Uh, I thought we would uh, sort of round out the episode by quickly checking in with, uh, of course, Jeff Bezos, Bay himself. Hey, Jay Bay, um, what up? His eminence. Yeah, if I had the rights to pay uh, to play Baby You're a Rich Man now, I would, uh, because just last week, uh, thanks to uh, some Bebe, you're wheel- rich man. wheelings and dealings, yeah, uh, he uh, in one week made three point three billion dollars with a B, and that is I did the little math. If you if I, the average home or median home price in Seattle is about eight hundred thousand dollars. That's approximately 4,125 homes that Jeff Bezos just <laughs> He just won in the lottery. In that, a week. The lottery, right? The lot, yeah, yeah, the lottery. Okay. Uh, wow. It's Yeah, it's pure pure lottery winnings. And so he's even richer than he was. Uh, he was already the richest man in the world, but now he's definitely the richest man in the world. And um, this all kind of uh, happens at the same time when he was interviewed uh, by I don't know he was given some bullshit award or something like that by Geekwire just keeps happening yeah and um, the real talk about Jeff is like Jeff what are you gonna do with your lottery winnings and As at, so to speak yeah and so <laughs> he he's definitely committed uh, to colonizing the moon. <laughs> Which it's not like his blue so blue origin thing where he's like about space tourism or something like that. His aim is to eventually um, have whole Amazon uh, work workhouses or so I don't know what he's gonna do, but basically HQ two will be probably on on terrestrial headquarters. <laughs> But HQ3 will probably be in space, and it's perfect because there are no taxes in space. <laughs> the, moon, the moon has no income tax. It has no head tax. Jeff so Bezos. what he's really looking for is like the next great business opportunity. Jeff Bezos. It's like a reservation. It's just like I'm off the grid. <laughs> yeah. 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 No rules. The Amazon reservation. And Jeff Bezos is a Bond villain. Yeah. Me. So uh, I have a little clip queued up here. In case you thought I was sort of... Uh, maybe joking or, or being a little over the top about HQ3, 
this is um, Bay himself in his own words uh, just last week. So we will have to uh, leave this planet and we're going to leave it and it's going to make this planet better. And we'll come and go. And people who want to stay will stay. Who's going to leave it? There'll be some restrictions here. It will end up being zoned light industry and residential. And rich people. And we'll move all heavy, dirty industry off Earth. Dirty people. Where, by the way, we will be able to do it much more effectively with 24-7 solar power. The Earth is not a very good place to do heavy industry. (laughs) It's convenient for us right now. And then not too distant future. I mean, I'm talking, you know, decades, maybe 100 years. It'll start to be easier to do a lot of things. This is a really bad AI demo. This is not passing (laughs) voice. Yeah. All right. Well, we, yeah, we talked over it enough here. So basically, he literally wants to ship workers into space. No, he keeps talking because about we're not really yeah. meant. We're not really. I mean, like Earth's kind of a terrible place for humans. Yeah. No, 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 no. Shit, you think Seattle sucks? No, no, that's not his position. In this interview and in the previous ones we talked about, he specifically says Earth is the best place. He yeah. reiterates over and over again. Earth is the best place. There's all these planets in the solar system. They're all, he'll say in the same interview, he'll say they're all terrible places. This is the best place. That's why we have to protect this place. And to do that, we have to ship billions of people off this planet and reserve it for a select few is the, like, not even really like conspiratorial implication it, that is like yeah, what he's saying that is the text it's Isn't not this the, the plot of the expanse where you have like a yeah, worker yeah yeah planet. or like elysium or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is no it is exactly right. like that yeah it's like that the is it an amazon show oh fuck yeah me. the expanse it just show? got picked up by amazon <laughs> okay so yeah huh. that it's not a great show because it has like these political Ideas and things that are. Now we're critiquing hey, the expanse. You brought it up. No, because no, it is about a wor- a future world where I haven't watched it. People, because where all over the asteroid belt, people are born and live and die working in heavy industry in space. He literally says we we need to have, and he said billions. He's like we need to have billions of people. I think he says trillions eventually. Yeah, yeah living in space and working in space you can't and he said you can't commute billions or trillions of people living and working in space not okay yet. not yet well no. jeff no, himself no. people will come and go according to certain <laughs> restrictions yeah what he's talking about is reserving the jewel planet this beautiful planet for oh just some people who live in residential zones where there's no industry so people who don't work in industry yeah, like as he says in one of these interviews, his great great grandchildren or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, his great him. Yeah, they and will inherit the, other, the earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and everyone else. I mean, he's literally talking about people being born, living, and dying in space, and f- it's insanely terrifying. It'll never. Ha- he's an idiot. It'll never yeah, happen. It's but not happen. that is. But that tells you about the mindset of people like him of these billionaires evil either he thinks of that as a great way to exploit people which is why he loves the idea so much i don't think it's even that it's that he is is totally detached from human reality yes like because what he would tell you if you put this to him which no one will because you can't get to him with a real question like this yeah but what I think, I imagine he would say if I confronted him with this idea of people living as slaves in a, in a hellish, like, dystopic existence as gears in a machine of space industry on an asteroid somewhere by the billions, I think he would say, no, well, technology will solve those problems in the future. No, it yeah. would be different. And no, we can make life good for people in space. That's what we're doing or investing in. Which tells you, which would tell you, and I'm putting these words in his mouth, but he said things that indicate that that these people think that the nature of capitalism is like a momentary thing it's spe- it's just happening now yes i jeff bezos right now exploit every worker that i possibly can i find every efficiency no matter what it is i pay our workers and warehouses as little as possible and i fight their right to organize and uh, I don't let them take bathroom breaks and treat them like shit. Oh, but in the future, <laughs> when people live, are born, live, and die in space, 
all for capitalism, for industry, yeah. <laughs> because we've learned to monetize space. Well, the way we think about it will be different. That'll be the future. So we won't <laughs> want, you know, no one would even think in the future of of murderously <laughs> exploiting people, even though you're talking about it's for the purpose of making money. It's part of the rationalization of capitalism is saying, no, this is something I have to do now because I'm creating something. He thinks of himself as a creator. He's at war with the world to create something beautiful and poetic and special. It's not. But that's why in his mind, this is like a temporary thing. These compromises of morality are there for a larger purpose that he thinks will be realized someday. What he doesn't understand is that this is the very nature of all capitalism, that it's just fucking exploitation. There is no tomorrow. Yeah, no, you're you're right on about that. I don't know if uh, he's maybe as cynical as you're characterizing him. I, no, I think I think he believes this. That's the yeah, thing. Yes, I think he believes that. But I think now he probably thinks, well, at least those people in my warehouse have a job. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm guessing he doesn't even have moral problems with the way those people are treated now. So. Yeah, yeah I th- I think, he's I able to rationalize right. that for sure. No, yeah, in all kinds of ways. Yeah, but I, th- I think I suspect he thinks that in the future, for some reason, it'll be different. Yeah, because he doesn't understand ultimately that it's about exploitation. You know? Yeah, yeah. He uh, can't let himself. He can't let himself understand that because if he did, then he would realize that would what he was flood doing. back onto him, <laughs> yeah. into his own faith. Yeah, he'd see himself in the mirror. Yeah, you know. Ooh. And then I. We want to play one more. I can't. I'm just indulging myself here and playing one more clip of Indulge Jeff. Away. Uh, this is specifically, I think, maybe speaks to a lot of the growth issues that Seattle uh, is going through. We could defend this planet, but the alternative is stasis. We will have to stop growing, uh, which and and which I think is a very bad future. It's not the future that I want for my grandchildren or my grandchildren's grandchildren. I doubt anybody in this room wants that for their uh, descendants. It's, we, we have ever-improving lives in large part because we use ever-expanding yeah. amounts you of fuck. energy. And you can take baseline energy uses on, on Earth. Well, that's basically, he, he, we the whole thing is, like, lives. Yeah, we need to keep growing. We can't stop growing. Any impediment to growth is stasis, and that's evil. <laughs> and it's like, no, like, it's not. Like, it just stasis is fine. You know, it's, it's about living your life and enjoying the fucking 80 years you have on this planet. It's not about obsessing about, you know, making Jeff everything Bezos a living never hell die. for everyone. It's like, you know, like, people who, like, just obsess about growth and jobs and it's like try living in a neighborhood where a house gets torn down every other week and you have to listen to a fucking construction (laughs) site 24 7 i swear to god in seattle you can you can you can drill away until 10 p.m at night (laughs) it just doesn't stop that's life in the city man it's bustling it's bustling you gotta hustle to get in flow with that bustle driving over nails and all kinds of weird shit and there's like Dude, pollutants uh, in the air constantly because they're sounds bulldozing like you everything. need a collective membership all those people who are being who are losing their homes and ending up on the street every day their lives are improving every every year absolutely yeah all yeah. these suicides that we're having like yeah everybody's life everyone's is getting life better is so much better because it's ended that's why no, it's he's better. talking about um life on earth is getting yeah. better. See, to him, all those other people, the 90% of America, the 98% of humanity whose lives are getting worse all the time, to him, those people are already in outer space, man. They're like, like I just need to find a way to get them there. Yeah. Just fucking get yeah. rid of them. Yeah, they're abstract. We're going to rezone this shit, man. Well, yeah. Do you want to say well, anything? I, this is neither here nor there. I just thought in that clip, you can hear the people like eating their little lunches. You know, you hear the, the silverware. And I just like... All those people are just like, yep, oh, there he goes, talking about space again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just eating my overcooked fish. They're you know like, what I mean? Like, well, no no one like, takes this shit seriously. Everyone in that room, yeah. they've got stock in Amazon. It just went up, which is yeah. why he's $3 billion richer. And they're like, yep, you keep talking that, that stupid job because it's better than... You could be saying a lot more inflammatory shit, Jeff. I mean, it's inflaming me, clearly. But most people, it's like, yeah, hey, he's talking about space, whatever. Um, he could be... 
He could he could be doing a lot dumber shit, but right now their stock price is going up. It's you know insanely overvalued beyond all reason, but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, it's been a pleasure. Uh, remember, subscribe, rate five stars, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Seattle Sucks Pod, and the website uh, we have our own website, Seattle Sucks. Yep, that's you tell your note dot com. Just dot sucks. And uh, tell your friends. Uh, Go for those of you who have them. Yeah. The podcast is growing. We looked at the numbers, right, Colin? Yeah. Our last episode yeah. was the The numbers most, are going up. We're winning the podcast one. lottery. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Wait, when are we going to start charging for this shit? <laughs> On that note, I just want to say I will see you guys all in Xandor Sector 5. <laughs> Uh, a prefect of work zone seven on asteroid belt RC, you know, AWS 42. That recycled air. <laughs> yeah. Ah, it is so good. Being born 